Thank you, worship team. Uh, we'll go ahead and just open up with a word of prayer this morning. So if you'll bow with me. Uh, Father God, I just thank you for this day. Father, I uh, thank you for the love that you pour onto us on a daily basis. The love that you displayed for us nearly 2,000 years ago when you sent your perfect son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that we could have a relationship with you. And Father, I just pray that we don't take that sacrifice for granted. Father, I pray that you put it on the heart of these people uh, today uh, to seek after you diligently, to seek after you day by day, uh, to, to continue to grow closer to you as, as you continually seek us out. Father, I pray that we can be a church that seeks you out. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, very good. Uh, I hope you guys all had a great week. Uh, I had a good week. Uh, I'm uh, glad for you Buckeye fans who got to enjoy your day yesterday with your team, taking care of business. Uh, unfortunately, not all of us can say our team took care of business yesterday. Uh, Michigan State lost, heartbreaking loss. We scored seven points over 400 total yards of offense, only one turnover. That's not supposed to happen for those of you guys who, who don't know much about football. Uh, I mean, my girls' soccer team scored more points than my Michigan State football team did yesterday. <laughs> That's not supposed to happen. Uh, so don't take it for granted, you Buckeye fans. Uh, but I hope you guys all had a, a, a good week. Um, and I hope I don't sound like a whiny butt to you. But, uh, <laughs> but, I, I, but I probably am a lot of Saturdays when Michigan State loses. <laughs> Yeah, not going to happen, not going to happen, no, no, no. So very good, oh, we're, we're, what was, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, yeah, so, so we're uh, continuing uh, our series this morning, a back to school series, as it's the time to get back to school, um, and two weeks ago, we had uh, Miss Katie Martin come up and talk about her Sunday school class. And this morning, uh, we're going to have Julie Driscoll come up and talk about her Sunday school class for just a couple minutes. And uh, I told you guys two weeks ago about the heart that uh, Katie has for her kids. Well, the exact same is true about Julie. She loves and, and adores the kids, and I can see her pouring her heart into these kids, and I love to see the passion that she has. I went on the UP Project a number of years with Julie and some of the other leaders, and I can truly see the passion that Julie has uh, for, for the youth. And uh, we're, we should be very grateful, and, and we're honored to have Julie here at our church to be able to pour into the lives of the youth at our church. So come on up, Julie, and talk to us just a bit about your Sunday school class. And so that has been a blast, getting to know them um, in a Sunday school setting. It's, you can't hide, right? There's, we average about three or four um, a week, so you can't really hide. Um, but I guess what I tend to do with ours, sometimes I'm better on the mark than others, is help them explore their identity and the fact of what um, Christ has written, um, what we see in the Bible. They have spent a lot of years maybe knowing facts and figures and stories and different things and so I like to try to apply it to their life because they have questions of who they are and where they're going and if they matter and so I just for instance this morning in our class on first Corinthians and how we should avoid the celebrity 
um, celebrity church, right? Um, I think we talked about Elon Musk. We talked about global warming, student council, injustices. Um, what else did we talk about this morning? We talked a little bit about um, unfairness of um, how football players get more attention from <laughs> from than, than cross-country runners, right? The trainers. Um, we talked about all kinds of different things. Um, but we always try to relate it to Scripture and that the Word of God is living and active in their life. And you can apply it in 2019 just like when it was going on. So anybody wants to come in and join us, we would love to have you. It's a lot of fun. And um, I hopefully you'll learn something. So thanks. grade through high school, right, Julie? Yes, very good. Thank you, Julie. Uh, we're, uh, I'm glad to have you here at our church. Uh, I was one of the people, uh, I didn't know too many of you guys when I, when I first came here, but I knew Julie from the camps and Up Project, and I was excited, excited to be able to uh, work with her. So thank you very much. So two weeks ago, uh, we talked about the importance of Sunday school, um, and we, we took a look at if the average person uh, spends one hour at church, that, that's an hour for a worship service, and that's it. Uh, we, we saw how the average uh, person uh, in America spends more time using the restroom on a weekly basis. And I'm not sure about you, uh, but I don't want to be a person who spends more time on average uh, using the restroom than coming to church. Uh, and, and Sunday school provides a, a brilliant opportunity for, uh, for us to be able to gather together uh, for a whole other extra hour. And there, there's many other different purposes and benefits uh, of getting involved with the Sunday school program. In the last week, we talked about uh, realigning our priorities, as that's a lesson we learn as kids. We have to prioritize our homework over playtime and, and, and other stuff like that. And we took a look at the book of, of Haggai, or Haggai, um, and we saw how the Israelites did not prioritize God. The Israelites, they, they, their city, Jerusalem, was destroyed by the Babylonians. They went back to their city, and they had to rebuild the city. And the Israelites were more concerned about rebuilding their own houses than rebuilding God's temple, God's house, God's place of worship. And so the Israelites did not have their priorities set straight. They prioritized their own home life before God. And no, our home life is not good. We, we should invest in our home. We should invest in our families, but... There's a limit to it. God needs to be the number one priority, and God sent a stark message and warning to the Israelites, and the Israelites, they fixed their ways, and so they prioritized God number one in their life. And we, too, need to learn from the lesson of the Israelites in the story of Haggai, and we need to prioritize God number one in our lives because we learned that again in school back when we were all young, little, going to school. We learned that we need to prioritize stuff over other things. We need to prioritize our homework over playtime, and just like the same kind of idea, we need to prioritize God over everything else in our lives. So many of us may need to realign our priorities. And today, we'll be talking about reading. We'll be talking about reading. More specifically, we'll be talking about reading God's Word. And now reading is one of the most important things that they do at school. And reading has so many benefits. It's so important in school, but really, it's so important in life in general. Now, I don't know about any of you guys, but I used to hate reading. Are there any people in here who do not like reading at all? Raise your hand. Yeah, we got a handful of people. I can relate to you. I used to despise reading. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it makes me laugh when I remember in my fifth grade class, uh, my teacher uh, gave us time each day uh, to read a book. We could read whatever we wanted. I remember I had a Robin Hood book. 
Um, and so we, we got to go where everyone in the classroom and to sit down and read. And I disliked reading so much that I pretended to read. And now I was a goody two-shoes. I, I hated getting in trouble. I would not want to get in trouble. So I wouldn't take a snooze or anything, but I would hold the book there and I would literally just move my eyes from left to right because I didn't want to get caught, but I didn't want to read it. <laughs> That's how much I despised reading. I thought it'd be more entertaining, the better use of my time if I just set the book there and pretended to move my head like that. And every minute or so, flip the page. Yeah, Mr. Van Alon, I'm, I'm reading my book. Thank you very much. Uh, about Robin Hood. <laughs> so I hope you aren't a knucklehead like me and, and despise reading that much uh, like I was, for there are many benefits to reading. When I was a senior in high school is when I started to enjoy reading. And now I thoroughly enjoy reading. I, I enjoy just uh, finding an opportunity to sit down and read a book. Jamie wished I uh, would like it a bit more if I would read uh, the book of the baby names uh, as I'm slacking on that department. Uh, But reading has many, many benefits. Uh, Research proves that there's 10 plus benefits to reading. One is it can boost your brain power. Two, reading can increase your vocabulary. It can be beneficial to your memory. It can improve concentration. It can make you a better writer. It can enhance your imagination. It can make you more empathetic. It can be a great benefit to your sleep, it helps reduce stress, and it provides endless entertainment. There are are many, many benefits to reading, and and research and studies back up these benefits of reading. So my message to you, start reading. Reading has so many benefits. But but more importantly, more specific this morning that we're going to be talking about is the importance of reading God's Word. We... We need to be reading God's Word. We need to be reading the Bible. And I don't think any of you guys would disagree with me. I think you all know the importance of reading God's Word. I say reading God's Word is one of the two most important habits that we can have in our life. I think the two most important habits that we can have in our life is one, praying to God on a consistent daily basis, and number two, reading God's word on a daily basis. Those are, in my opinion, the two most important habits that you can display in your life. I mean, if if that's all I achieved here at North Hills was to encourage you guys and to get everybody in here to read their Bibles on a daily basis and to pray on a daily basis, that would be my greatest achievement ever. If if I could just get everybody in, in this church to read their Bible on a daily basis and to pray to God on a daily basis, that would be my single greatest achievement in my life. That's how important reading God's word, and praying to God on a daily basis are. And Jesus agrees with me. Jesus agrees with me in the importance of reading God's word. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Matthew chapter 4. This is actually the only verse that we're going to be taking a look at this morning. So you can go, uh, go ahead and open up your Bibles, or, or the verse will be projected uh, behind me. But in Matthew chapter 4, uh, many of us may be familiar with the story of Jesus uh, being tempted uh, by Satan or by the devil. Um, and so Satan tempts Jesus, um, but what I want to take note as is Jesus' response in verse 4 of chapter 4 uh, of the book of Matthew. Jesus says, but he answered, it is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Here here Jesus says that man should not live just on bread alone, but man shall live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
Jesus says that we should live by the words of God. Every word from the mouth of God, that is how we should live. This book, the, the, the Bible, the collection of these 66 books in here, that is a guideline for how we are to live our lives. And I mentioned that Jesus was being tempted, and another great benefit of reading God's, God's word, the Bible, is that it uh, provides a great way to counter temptation. Because if we were to read the whole story, we see that the, the devil tempts Jesus three times. And how does Jesus respond? Every single time he responds with the scripture because the scripture keeps him in, in, in that straight and narrow path because the scripture has so many benefits, one of them being it, it prevents us from sinning or it can help us prevent, it can, can help prevent us from sinning. So there's so many benefits from reading in general, but even more importantly, there are immense benefits from reading God's word on a daily basis. And again, I don't think that's news to any of you guys. I think all of you here this morning understand and realize the importance of reading God's word. And if you don't realize and understand the importance, that's all right. Come talk to me, though, because I would love to share with you the importance in reading God's word on a daily basis. But now, if you're like me, uh, you probably know that, that reading God's word is a good thing, and you have the best intentions in reading God's word, but sometimes... You just don't get to it. Sometimes you don't read God's word on a daily basis. So what we're going to focus on this morning is not highlighting the importance or the necessity of reading God's word on a daily basis. But to, this morning, today, I want to help, help you guys in the how-to and how to read God's word. So what you do is, is you take your Bible, you open it up, you start in the upper left-hand corner, and you go from left to right, and you go from top to bottom. That's how you read God's word. All right, I'm kidding. That's not what we're going to talk. I, I'm, I'm not really kidding. That's how you do it, but that's not what we're going to talk about uh, this morning. Rather, I'm going to be talking about how we create a habit of reading God's word. How to create a habit of reading God's word on a daily basis. Because, because again, I, I've, I've illustrated this a number of times. We are creatures of habit. I mentioned to you guys uh, before that many of us probably have the, the similar routine in the mornings because we are creatures of habit. Or when you're driving to work, how many of you guys drive to work? Raise your hand. Yes, a lot of us drive to work or drive to school, and you take the same path every single time, I imagine, unless there's uh, bad traffic in your GPS. It tells you to go a different way if you use the GPS, but you probably don't if you're driving to work because you know the way because it's a habit. And sometimes you'll be driving to work, and if you're anything like me, you'll be driving, and five minutes later, it's like, I don't even remember the past two minutes of me driving because you do it so mindlessly because you're not even thinking about it because we're creatures of habit. Where on the other hand, if we're driving somewhere new, we, we plug out the GPS and, and we're very aware uh, of, our surround, of our surrounding areas and, and we're very aware of the streets we're passing because we want to make sure that we're on the right path. Or if we talk about getting breakfast or lunch or dinner or whatever, getting food out of the fridge, you open up the fridge, you know, right where the milk is for your cereal. And as you leave, you know, you get that little backhand to the fridge, you know, just how much force, just how much pressure it takes to close the fridge. Because it's a habit. We're creatures of habit. Rather, if you go to a friend's house or a grandparent's house or whatever it may be, and if you grab something out of the fridge, you're a lot more meticulous and you're a lot more deliberate in how you close the fridge. It's because we're not used to it. But we're creatures of habit. 
we have hundreds and hundreds of habits that we repeat on a daily basis because, again, we are all creatures of habit. No matter how scatterbrained you are, because trust me, I imagine if you are scattered, more scatterbrained than I, not, not by much. I know firsthand that we are creatures from habit. No matter how scatterbrained I am, I have many habits that I repeat on a daily basis, and we all do because we're creatures of habit. And so this morning, I want to make sure that reading God's word is a habit that we are repeating on a daily basis. I would love if everybody in this church, every, everybody in this room would have reading God's word, one, one of the daily habits they just repeat day in and day out without even thinking much about it because that's just what you do. And so this morning, we're, we're going to go over four crucial steps in how to create a habit of reading God's word. Four important steps to help you create a habit of reading God's word. Because, and if you don't follow these four steps you know, you probably have the, the intentions uh, of creating a good habit of reading God's word, but you need to be deliberate about it. And, and so I hope you uh, take serious these four steps. Some of these steps may seem uh, kind of silly or over the top, but it's important in establishing a habit. So the first step to develop a habit of reading God's word is that you must make an appointment. You have to make an appointment. If you want to meet with anybody important in this world, what do you got to do? You got to make an appointment. You know, if, if you're driving by Washington, D.C., you don't just go, hey, you know what? I think I might go grab a cup of coffee with President Donald Trump. No, you have to schedule an appointment to meet with important people like the president. Or if you need to go to the doctor, you have to schedule an appointment. Or a dentist, if you want to meet with important people, you must make an appointment. And so how much more... God being the most important being in all the earth, should we schedule an appointment? And now we don't need to schedule an appointment for God's sake, for God is available 24-7, but it's for our sake. It's for our personal sake that we should be making an appointment to spend time with God. You have to decide what time you're going to spend with the Lord. So, so we all have different daily schedules. We all have stuff that we go through day in and, and day out. And probably for the most part, you have a pretty consistent schedule, at least Monday through Friday. And so what we need to do is we need to, to find a time in our daily schedule where we, can, where, where we can read God's word on a daily basis. You need to make an appointment of your time. Each and every single day, you need to make an appointment for God. Because let me tell you, if, if you don't make an appointment for God, if you don't designate the day before that, you know what, at, at 7 o'clock, I'm going to read God's word for 15 minutes, I'm telling you that, that more often than not, it's not going to happen. You're not going to read God's word. So you need to make an appointment for, for reading God's word. Now, how many of you guys have a smartphone? If you have a smartphone, go ahead and pull your phone out. Don't, don't take this for granted. This, this may be the only time I tell you to take out your phone during the message. So everybody who has a smartphone, take out your smartphone and raise them in the air. Let me see them. Very good. You can turn them on because we're going to be using them. So very good. You, you have your smartphones. Now what I want you to do, and Jamie, you want to hand me my smartphone actually? Smartphone, iPhone, thank you. So yes, everybody go ahead and open up your, your, your phone with me. Uh, if it's smart like mine, sometimes my phone is smarter than I. Um, but uh, whatever it may be, open up your calendar app. You, you probably have an app on your phone that has a calendar. I want everybody uh, opening up their calendar app on, on their phone if they have it. And so open up the calendar app, 
And the beauty about the calendar app is that you can create events on your calendar. So what I want all of you guys to do, if you have an iPhone, in the upper right-hand corner, you can just press the, the addition sign or the plus sign, and you can create an event. And what I want each and every one of you guys to do here is to think about your daily schedule and create an event for tomorrow for you to read God's Word. You know, it, it might be best for you in the morning, if some mornings you have some good time uh, to just spend, spend time with God, or maybe the evenings are the best for you, or maybe during your lunch break, whatever it may be, I want you to physically create an event for tomorrow to read God's Word. You, you're creating that appointment to read God's Word. And if you forget, our handy-dandy phones will provide a reminder that, hey, this is a good time for you to read God's Word. And, and I encourage you, whatever time you set your phone to, because it's going to be different for everybody, whatever you set that time to, I, I encourage you and recommend you to do it for a full week. For a full week, set events on your phone at the same time, reminding you to read God's word on a daily basis. Because if you don't make that appointment, if, if you don't designate the time in your schedule to read God's word, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. I know how busy you people are. I know everything, the society and stuff that's throwing your way and just filling your schedule. And I know that if you, that if you don't make the time in your schedule, it won't happen, even if we have the best intentions in the world, even if we know how important reading God's word is, and even if we, if we believe in our heart and our mind that, that we love God and we seek after him, if we don't make that appointment, if we don't set apart that time, it's not going to happen. So make an appointment to read God's word on a daily basis. That, that is the, the step number one and ways to help you develop a habit of reading God's word. Step number two is that you have to find a special place. Where you read is almost as important as what you read or when you read. If you're reading at a different place each day, it's not a routine or, and it's not a habit, and so you won't uh, repeat it over and over without thinking about it. It won't become a habit if you're doing it all over the place. Rather, to help create a habit for you in reading God's word, you should find a special place for you where you can read God's word on a daily basis. The same place every single day, the same place, the same time where you can read God's word. Again, we're focusing on creating that habit of reading God's word because, again, we're all creatures of habit. And if we don't make God's word, if we don't make reading God's word a habit, it's probably not going to happen. So you have to find that special place, whether it's in your house or wherever it may be. Uh, my special place, I'm lucky, I have my office at the church. Um, it, it, it's a great place for me to sit down and, and read God's word. I'm free from distractions. I'm free from, from other people. I'm free from noises. It's a great place for me to read God's word. So a couple of restrictions or limits on what your special place may be. I, I hope you're thinking in your mind uh, possibilities of what your special place may be uh, for you to, to read God's word on a daily basis. A, a couple of restrictions or limits. Number one, don't do it in a dirty or cluttered room. Uh, you won't be able to focus. Now, I, I hear a couple of you laughing. You're probably thinking, there's no such thing as room in my house that, that isn't cluttered or dirty. 
And at, at times, that can be mine and Jamie's house. I'm currently working on a bookshelf, and everything is all cluttered and a mess, and everything's out of its place, and there's not really such thing as an organized room in our house right now, especially as we're getting ready to introduce a new human being to our apartment. And so I feel you if, you don't, if there's no such thing as a clean or organized room in your house. But what I encourage you to do, if that's the case, is to spend one minute before you read and just straighten up and organize the room. Now, now I'm not talking, you know, spraying the windows with Windex and wiping them down, making them all clean, or vacuuming. I'm talking j just straightening up the piles and make it seem semi organized or semi-neat. So it's been just that one minute before you read and organize your room, and it'll be worth it. So spend one minute organizing and cleaning that room, that special place, whatever it may be, and then spend the next 15 minutes reading God's word on a daily basis. The second restriction or limit about this special place, it should be free from interruptions. Now, I, I, I imagine there's some parents here thinking, dude, there's no such thing as a room free from interruptions. And now, I think you can create a, a place for 15 minutes that is free from interruptions. Now, I might change my opinion come a couple months. <laughs> but I think it's manageable. I mean, you, you have that time where, where you bathe yourselves for the most part free from interruptions, or you do whatever free from interruptions. You... You have that time. And so if you desire it enough, I think you can find that time free from, from interruptions in your life. And you know, if you have kids, if it's necessary, lock your door. Lock your door. If they, if, if they bang loud enough, you'll hear them and you can go get to them. Or if it's necessary, talk to your husband, talk to your spouse, your, your wife, whomever it may be, and say, hey, can, can, can I just spend 15 minutes in this place free from interruptions? Can you take care of the kids just for 15 minutes? Or for some of us who, who don't have kids, maybe it's your phone that's your distraction, your interruption. Maybe you need to set your phone in a separate room when you're reading God's word in that special place. Whatever it may be, we, we're constantly flooded with interruptions and distractions in our life. I encourage you to spend 15 minutes in that point of time in that special place free from interruptions. I think it's possible that it's going to take some work. It's going to take deliberate effort to be free from distractions but I think, I think God is worth it. I think God's important enough for, for us to find 15 minutes of, of semi-free interruptions. And again, it, it might take deliberate effort. You might need to talk to your spouse for them to take care of their kids. You might need to put your phone in a separate room, whatever it may be. Try to find that 15 minutes free from interruptions in your special place. And, and the third restriction or limit about your, your special place, well, first off, raise your hand if you get sleepy when you read. Raise your hand. Yeah, uh, that's my wife. She's not raising her hand. But yeah, she gets sleepy when she reads. She, she's constantly telling me, man, I get sleepy when I read. Well, I go, where do you read? Well, laying down in bed. I was like, of course. If you get sleepy while reading, your bed is not your special place. Let me tell you that right now. Your bed is not your special place if you get sleepy while reading. Find, find a different spot. Find a desk or whatever it may be. If you get sleepy when reading, your bed is not your special place because I've been there, done that, reading in bed, and after five or so minutes, you just doze off. So the bed is not your special place. So unless you somehow miraculously are able to stay wide awake while reading, 
while laying down, then go for it. But if you get sleepy while reading, the bed is not your special place. So that's step number two. Step number one, make an appointment. Find that designated time in your schedule to, to, to read God's word on a daily basis. And step number two, find that special place. Find that place in your house or, or, or at your job or office, wherever it may be. Find that special place where you can study God's word on a daily basis. Step number three is sort of similar to step number two, but step number three is to create an atmosphere. Atmosphere is so, so important. I'm constantly pointing out to Jamie atmospheres that I love. When we're going out to eat somewhere or if we're traveling or whatever it may be, I'm constantly pointing out, man, I love this atmosphere. I love this environment. I love an atmosphere of a hotel or a nice waterfall in a nice park. I take note of atmosphere, and I'm sure some of you guys are like me. You take note of the atmosphere around you because atmospheres are important in life. I mean, that's one of the main reasons that we go out to eat is because the, these restaurants, when we, when we eat out and actually eat there, that's one of the main reasons because the atmosphere provided because the restaurants are careful and, and they pay special attention to the atmosphere they're providing for us. You know, a lot of restaurants, they kind of have dim lights to kind of set the mood, set the atmosphere. Uh, most restaurants have music playing in the background. Uh, they have servers serving you food and drinks. They have their silverware uh, rolled up neatly. The food is presented nice. Uh, my, my sister, back when I lived home, she loved to watch the, the cooking shows. And nearly all of the cooking guru, gurus said the presentation is so important because it's the atmosphere. It, it, it's, it's the environment that we're surrounding ourselves. And so these restaurants, they pay special attention to the atmosphere they're presenting to us because atmosphere is important. And so when we find that designated time, that, that designated appointment each day, and, and we find that special place to read God's word, we should put forth the effort to, to make that special place, that special time, a pleasurable atmosphere. I mean, that's part of uh, clean, cleaning it, making it neat and organized. You know, maybe to help create an atmosphere that is pleasurable for you, maybe you need to play a little instrumental music on your background. Sometimes when I'm sitting here in the office, I like to uh, just listen uh, to uh, piano. Uh, there's some channel on YouTube that just has live piano music 24-7. And I find myself listening to that from time to time. Maybe you need to grab a cup of coffee. Maybe you love coffee. And maybe to help create a pleasurable atmosphere, you, you need to grab a cup of coffee while, while you're reading. Or maybe you need to be aware of the lighting. You know, I, I love natural light. Who likes natural lighting? I love natural lighting. Maybe that special place of yours need to have some natural lighting. Or also like a, a nice warm yellow lighting. I don't like the, the bright white fluorescent lights. Um, whatever it may be, creates a pleasurable atmosphere for you to study your word. And when we're talking about the atmosphere of us reading God's word, we also have to consider uh, on what we read God's word with. And now there's a couple options. One, we can read it with a hard print copy, a, the, a hard print copy of the Bible, but we also can read it with, with your phone or your tablets or your computer. Now, I'm an old-fashioned guy. Nothing will ever, ever replace reading God's word in the actual hard print copy. I, I love the feeling of, of just the book in my hands, and, and I love the satisfaction of turning a page. I love it. Uh, it it's a dose of dopamine being, being run through my body, and, and nothing will replace a hard copy book for me. But some of you guys may prefer reading on a phone or a tablet or, or a computer, and that's completely okay. 
I think there's often this idea that, that reading from a hard print copy is more spiritual than reading from, from a phone or tablet or whatever. It's not. Whatever you prefer, go ahead and do it. Whether it's a hard print copy of Bible, which I totally prefer, or if you prefer to read it on your phone, tablet, computer, whatever it may be, so be it. Now, I'm telling you, if you're like me, you may not be able to handle reading on your phone or your tablet or laptop because there's lots of distractions on your phone, your tablet, or your laptop. I mean, I'm so easily distracted. I'm the kind of person when I'm sitting in my office and I hear a plane run, go by, I look out the window and say, plane, nice. I mean, I'm easily, easily distracted. Jamie can attest to that. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Um, but uh, I'm easily distracted, so it's not best for me to read on my phone or, or tablet or computer because if I do, I, I'll find myself on Facebook or ESPN or whatever it may be in, in five minutes because I'm easily distracted. Because often when you're reading on your phone or tablet or laptop, you get dings or you get buzzes from a friend. A friend is trying to message you or communicate with you or, or your parents or, or your siblings or whoever it may be, brothers, sisters. People are trying to communicate with you. Or you get a ding or a buzz about your favorite puzzle game, Candy Crush, trying to get your attention. Hey, play me. You're only on level 233. Level 234 is waiting for you. You know, you, we get so many dings and buzzes and alerts and notifications on our phone. And so if you're like me, reading on a phone or a tablet or laptop may be not the best idea. Now, if you have, re have to resort to a phone or tablet, they, they make what's called an airplane mode. And that can be a solution to many of your problems. And if that's what it takes... So be it, set your phone or tablet on airplane mode. Basically what that does is it restricts your access to the internet so you won't get those notifications. Whatever, whatever it may be, create that atmosphere that is pleasurable and free from distractions. But really in the end, I would recommend reading from a hard print copy of the Bible. But again, that, that's not for everybody and that is completely all right. Reading from a hard print copy is not more spiritual than reading from a screen. But again, in the end, I would, recommend, I would recommend personally reading from a hard print Bible. And if you don't have access to a hard print Bible, uh, come to me, and I would be overjoyed uh, to supply you with that. And so the fourth, so those are the first three steps. The first step is make an appointment. Step number two uh, is uh, to find that special place. And step number three is to create that pleasurable atmosphere. Step number four is that you have to follow a plan. We, we all know the saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. In other words, if you don't plan, then basically what you're doing is you're planning to fail. Now, I've been uh, reading through the Old Testament recently, and I just finished up Job, um, and it's my goal or it's my plan to finish up the Old Testament uh, before our baby arrives. And now I, I know that the plan, that that's about two months or about 60 days away, 60 days, we're having a baby, crazy. Uh, and, and I know that there's about 500 pages left in the Old Testament, so I know that's a little less than, uh, just a tad bit less than 10 pages a day. So I have a plan in my mind of, of how I'm going to, to read through the Old Testament before our baby arrives. And you need to follow a plan because, again, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So you need to follow a plan. And now, if you don't have a certain plan to follow, Google 
uh, Bible reading plans. There, there are so many plans online and, and to get you through reading whatever it may be. And I, I would recommend finding a plan that gets you to read through the Bible in a year. That's great. Reading through a Bible in, in a year requires you to read a couple chapters a day, and, and that's about 15 minutes a day. You, you, can, you can manageably read through the whole Bible in one year, an accomplishment, a feat that a lot of people haven't accomplished. You can accomplish that by just finding 15 minutes each day, just reading a couple of chapters each day of the year. Or some of you may need to start small. Maybe you decide in the next month, I'm going to read through the book of Matthew. Or maybe you want to read some of the highlighted or, or, or important uh, books of the Bible, like Genesis, Matthew, Acts, Romans, and James. Maybe you want to read those five books by Thanksgiving. Genesis, Matthew, Acts, Romans, and James. Those are five really good books, five important books I would recommend you to read if you haven't read them yet. Well, I did the math, and that's 127 chapters. And you can manageably read these five books by Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is about 60 days away. And so if you read about two chapters a day, you can read through Genesis. You, you, can, get, you can get a firm uh, knowledge and understanding of the beginning. You can get an understanding of Abraham, the father of our faith. You can read through Matthew and see the gospel of Jesus himself. You can read through Acts and see what the early church did. You can, you can read through Romans, which is often known as the sum of theology. And you can also read James, just a short five-chapter uh, book that, goes, uh, uh, that talks about a lot of practical things that we can implement in our lives. So you can read Genesis, Matthew, Acts, Romans, and James by Thanksgiving. If you don't want to commit to a full year plan, and maybe that, that, that might be best for, for most of you guys, for a lot of us in here, if you just commit to a smaller plan and work your way up. Again, it's just two chapters a day, and these are great books to read, and you can really get a better understanding of God's word if you just read two chapters a day of Genesis, Matthew, Acts, Romans, and James. But again, there's so many plans available online, and I encourage you to find a plan, follow a plan to read God's word on a daily basis. Because again, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So again, th those are the four crucial steps in creating a habit of reading God's word on a daily basis. Again, one, make an appointment. Set a designated time in your day to read God's word. I, ho I hope you guys really took out your phones, and I hope you really created a, an event in your phone for you to remind you tomorrow to read God's word just for 15 minutes, just 15 minutes of your day. Make that appointment. Number two, find that special place. Find that special place in your home or your job or your office or wherever it may be. Find that special place where you can read God's word free from distractions. Number three, create an atmosphere. Create a pleasing atmosphere around you when you read God's word and make reading God's word a pleasurable experience. And then number four, follow a plan. Follow a plan to read God's word because if you fail to plan, essentially you're planning to fail. And so I want you to consider the relationship that you have with God and his word. And, and are you in a habit of reading God's word on a daily basis. And for many of us, there, there's probably much improvement that, that, that could be taken. There's much improvement that, that can be had in, in our habit of reading God's word on a daily basis. And again, I know that you know that it's important to read God's word on a daily basis. So I want to help you and, and assist you and aid you in creating that habit of reading God's word on a daily basis. So I encourage you to 
to assess yourself, assess your relationship with God and his word, and be honest with yourself. And again, for many of us, we need to do a better job. If we're going to be honest with ourselves, many of us need to do a better job of creating a habit and reading God's word on a daily basis. And get in a rhythm. When you, when you get in a rhythm of reading God's word, your productivity and your happiness will go through the roof. There are so many benefits from reading God's word on a daily basis. And I hope it is my prayer today that we can all go away today with ideas and ways that we can implement creating a habit in our lives in which we can read God's word on a daily basis. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for uh, this day. Uh, Father, I thank you for this church. Father, I thank you for your word. Uh, your word uh, that is miraculously available to us. It's nothing short of a divine miracle, and, and I recognize that this morning, Father. And Father, I, I just pray that we don't take for granted the huge blessing that we have in having access to your word. Father, I pray that everybody in this room, everybody listening online, I, I pray that everybody can create that habit of reading your word on a daily basis. For Father, you laid down your son, your perfect son, so that we could have a relationship after we could have a relationship with you. And Father, I pray that we seek after you just like you saw after us. And Father, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.